Hi everyone, this is Anna, and you're listening to my podcast on Heaven and Hell. Welcome, welcome everyone back to the podcast, to our Sunday recap episode. I'm so thankful that you're here, and I'm just so excited to share what's going on at our church at Hope, um, what I got from the message today, my big takeaways from today. Honestly, I feel a little um, overwhelmed in a good way by our service and what I see God doing. I'm actually, before I hopped on to record, just said a quick prayer that I would be able to convey over this podcast exactly what the Lord is speaking and what the Lord is doing. I don't even feel like I can do it justice. So y'all bear with me. It's really great. It's really awesome what the Lord is doing. And um, I want to be able to share that with you guys. Before I get started, um, I have an episode coming out Thursday and I'm so pumped about this episode coming out. Um, if you guys don't listen on Thursdays, definitely um, tune in on Thursday. I, um, just to give you a little sneak peek, I was um, a New Testament tutor in college and I still have my notes. Like I refer to these notes all the time and I've been hanging on to them, waiting for the chance to get to break some of them out on the podcast. And this Thursday, um, I'm sharing an episode that's all about the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is just like an introduction to them. And I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I think that you're going to enjoy it. I really enjoyed recording it. And there's a lot of good information in that episode. So you guys be sure to listen on Thursday. So about today, let's get into it. Um, I want to start by saying that there has been a lot of conversation in the church well, and really in the world, in, the, in our nation about revival over the past few weeks and months, really starting with what happened at Asbury College in, um, is it Wilmore, Kentucky? Um, how there were some, if you haven't heard of it, you should look it up. But I think most of us have heard of it by now that there were some young people at this college who stayed after um, a service just to pray and that the Lord just moved and people just began to be drawn into this. And so there were thousands of people who went and to see what was going on, but who got to experience the presence of the Lord like never before. And we've heard since then that it's happened on so many other college campuses and in youth groups and in churches. And it's really amazing what the Lord is doing. And there's definitely been quite a mix of opinions about you know, was that really revival? What was really happening there? Um, that's not what I'm talking about today. I believe in it. I believe that God is moving. I believe that um, God is drawing the hearts of people. And I can only speak to my own experience, right? I can only speak to what I've been seeing. And so I want to talk about what revival has looked like in our church. And maybe it's the same for you. Maybe you're seeing this um if you go to my church, I hope that you're seeing it, but maybe you're seeing it in your church too, that um, I, so I have this really neat perspective where for most of our services, I'm up on the platform because I sing or I play piano or 
I, I lead in worship up there some in some form or fashion almost every service. And I get to see everyone. I see everyone's faces. I see their response. I see their reactions to things that are said. I see like who's worshiping well, outwardly. I guess I, I don't see people's hearts and I believe that we don't always see it, right? But um, I see people's faces. And what I've noticed over the past month or so at our church, and I think it directly corresponds to uh, this month of consecration that we've been doing, and I talked to you guys about that on some other episodes that for um, the month leading up to Easter, our church has been reading the book of Luke together. We've had some like um, focused prayer, um, things that we've been praying for specifically, and we've just, it's really brought us into unity, and since we've been doing that, I have seen such a difference in our services, and this is because the Bible says, um, when it talks about the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, it says they were all together in one mind, in one accord, and so they were in unity. They were all like on the same page, if you will, and there's something really special that happens when a group of people are all on the same page, and it doesn't just happen at church. It can happen at a Bible study. It can happen at a conference, that when everyone gets focused everyone's on the same page and they have, um, they're in agreement that God can really move. He can really do some great things when we're in unity. And so I've seen that in our church. And to me, that's revival, what I'm seeing. So we look at the word revival, it's to be revived. And so what I'm seeing is that people who are in the church, people who have been there are, are being revived, like they're being refreshed. We're seeing that the presence of the Lord is just, it's moving and people are responding. And then at the same time in our church that the people who have been there are being refreshed, we're seeing new people come in and they're getting to experience the presence of the Lord. Some of them for the first time, some of them getting to experience it again after a long time. So it's just been really, really beautiful. And Joseph mentioned this in his message this morning. And it's kind of how I want to start. He said that a spiritually blind person won't be able to see revival when it comes. And that was just, it really struck a chord with me because we can go to church and we can go and we can sit in a church building and we cannot be spiritual. We cannot be looking with spiritual eyes. And so what that means is that um, we're just operating in the flesh. We're going off our own thoughts and our own feelings, maybe because we haven't been reading the Bible or we haven't been praying. And I've been there. There's definitely been Sundays when I've shown up and I'm even up there leading worship or doing, you know, whatever it is I'm doing, raising my hands and clapping and singing along. But I'm just not in the right place in my heart. And when you are, it makes a difference. And so maybe this is because this isn't really a recap of our service, but I just feel like I needed to say it, that maybe this is speaking to someone that if you feel like, man, I'm not, we're not seeing revival in my church, or when I go to church, I'm just not feeling anything. Revival starts at home. Revival starts with you. And so we have to examine our own hearts. I know that when I'm praying at home and when I'm reading my Bible at home and when I'm listening for the Lord to speak to me outside of Sunday, that when I do come and when I'm with a body of believers on Sunday, I really feel him. And I really, I, it's not that I see him or feel him moving in my life. 
I have the spiritual eyes to see what he's doing in other people's lives. And like, that's the whole point of coming to church, right? Is to have a community of believers. And the Bible says that we should continue to gather together and even more so as we see the day of the Lord approaching. And so we know that we're getting closer and closer to the end of time. And so to the Lord returning for his church. And so that means that we should be um, coming together with the body because it's going to encourage us. It's going to encourage us to keep going during those difficult times. So (laughs) I said all of that to say that we're in revival at our church. I'm in revival personally. I know I feel um, just the Lord moving in my life and I know it's directly correlated to the time that I have consecrated to him that I'm reading my Bible regularly. I'm praying regularly and I've just tried to have my mind on the things of the Lord. And so I feel revival in my personal life, but I'm seeing revival in our church as well. And it's really cool. It's really cool to be a part of that. So um, let's talk about our service this morning. We sang some really good songs. We started out with um, this song. It was new for our church, and I could tell like people were looking at us like we were crazy. But it's um, this. It's a song that's been out for a while. It's called "Put a Praise on It." I think is what it's called. Tasha Cobb sings it, and it just it's very simple. It just says like there's a miracle in this room. Um, there's a healing here. There's a breakthrough here, and I'm gonna put a praise on it. And I think for um, those of us who have been in church for a while, or maybe we listen to praise and worship music all the time or things like that, we take for granted that sometimes the songs that we sing say things that don't make sense to people who don't listen to that kind of music or who haven't been in church for a while. And that's something we've been really intentional about at our church is that when we sing a song, if we can tell that like people aren't getting it, people don't understand the language or If we're um, singing a new song and it presents like lyrics that are different than what we normally sing, we try to always stop and explain it. And so the song says, there's a miracle in my, in this room with my name on it. So I'm going to put a praise on it. And we just, we sang it and everyone's getting with it when not, it's like an upbeat song, but we just stopped and tried to explain that like, sometimes when you come to church because that's where we were this morning but it's it's true of our entire life um sometimes when we're serving the lord there um, we need a miracle we need a breakthrough we need a healing like we have needs in in this human body in this lifetime we're going to have so many needs and there are going to be many many times where we don't know what the answer is or we don't see the miracle happening we happening we don't um know where the healing is going to come from and we have to learn to praise god anyways we praise him through that that's the definition of faith that um hebrews 11 gives us or hebrews 12 that faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen i believe god's going to do it even though i haven't seen it and so if i really do believe that if i really do believe that god's going to do a miracle for me, that he's going to work a healing in my life, then I can go ahead and praise him for it. As the song says, I can go ahead and put a praise on it. So we sang that. We sang um, another song, Holy Spirit Come. It's on the radio. Patrick Mayberry sings it. It's Joseph's favorite song. It's one of those songs that 
when it comes on the radio or when you hear them singing at church, you can't help but just like belt it out at the top of your lungs. It's a really good one. And then we sang Believe For It by C.C. Winans. And we just added the tag of Do It Again by Elevation Worship onto that song. And that's when things just like really broke loose. Because this morning, the praise and worship set, it really felt like it was all about building up our faith and believing that God is as good as he says he is and that he's never going to let us down. And we may be facing tough situations right now, but he hasn't let us down before and he's not going to let us down now. And so we tagged that song, um, I've seen you move, you move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. And then we added another tag onto that, which was, I don't know, it's part of another song. And I don't know what the whole song is, but it says, and I don't know who sings it. I'll have to look it up. It says, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. And I just faith really increased in the building this morning. And just like I told you earlier, I have this really neat perspective of being up front and getting to see. And I could just see it on people's faces that they believed it, that they had the faith that today was going to be the day that things could turn around for them. And there were tears flowing and people just worshiping. And it was it was so good. And it was exactly what we needed to go into this message. And God is so good and he's so faithful to do this that everyone, I think, was just like feeling so encouraged and feeling so good. And then Joseph came in and he preached this message that was really tough. And that's his job as a pastor is to preach the tough stuff for us because um, we need it, right? And so if you're in church and you have a pastor and you're ever, if there's ever a Sunday where he preaches a message that steps on your toes or that really bothers you, know that he's just doing his best to um, preach the word of God and to preach what God has given him. And it's not easy. It's not always easy because when we have these services, we're like, everybody's hype and excited and feeling encouraged. Like the, what the pastor wants to do is to come in and just keep it going and keep everyone pumped up. But sometimes they have to come in with the hammer and like speak tough things to us because that's how we grow. And that's what Jesus did. When you think about like the sermon on the Mount and so many of the parables that he told while he was here, like they were not easy to swallow. That's why the Pharisees got so mad when they heard the things that he was teaching because it went against um, them. It went against their teachings. It went against, you know, what made them feel good. And the Lord still does that because he's working on us. Um, and I'm saying this like Joseph just preached like the hardest message ever. And it uh, there were some tough spots, but it was really good. He preached about the story of the prodigal son. And if you've never heard this story, it's actually a parable that Jesus told. It's in the book of Luke. I think it's in chapter 15, but a lot of times we hear this message preached and it's, we hear it preached about the prodigal son and that word prodigal, as he um, pointed out this morning means it's not lost or sinful, which may be how we assume what we assume that it means. But the word prodigal actually means, um, like wasteful, but that's not even the word that I want to use. Uh, frivolous. That's kind of what it, it's more like frivolous because what happened in the story is that the son asks his father like for his inheritance and then he goes 
and he spends all the money. So he's frivolous with the money. He's wasteful with the money. He just spends it all, the Bible says, on riotous living. So he's just like partying hard, spending all his money. And then he wakes up one day. He has no money. He's gone to work for a man, and he's feeding the pigs. He's working in the pig pen. And he comes to himself, and he says, you know, there are servants in my father's house who live better than this, who have more food to eat than I do. I'm going to go home. And the father meets him and runs to him and he throws this party. And so if you've heard the story before, that's probably the part that you've heard preached on. That when you come to yourself, you can come back to the Lord. He's going to run to you. There's even, every time I hear the prodigal son preached on, I think of uh, the old Phillips Craig and Dean song. And then he ran to me. He took me in his arms. It's uh, the only time I ever saw God run was when he ran to me. It's a good song, too. You should look it up. Um, but that was not what Joseph's message was about this morning. He preached on um, the older brother. And it was really powerful because what he started with was that he said he just really feels like the Lord's been showing him that there's going to be a revival of prodigal sons. So of people who have maybe walked away from God and they're out there and they're just living their life, that there's going to be a revival of those people who are ready to come back to God's house. And that's amazing. And that's really encouraging and so powerful. But his message today was that we've got to check ourselves and um, we've got to make sure that we're where God wants us to be, that we have the mind of Christ and that um, we actually had lunch with a friend after church. And she, one thing she said was, Uh, She said, when you're doing your best to live, to do the things that you need to do, take care of yourself, make sure that you're living for God and you're, you're doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing. It's really hard to look at anyone else and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that was kind of one of the points of Joseph's message um, is that the older brother, part of the problem was that he was comparing himself to the younger brother. He was like, I've been here. I stayed here. I I didn't waste all my money. I've been working hard. I've actually been working twice as hard because my brother's been gone, you know. And um, he was looking at himself as so righteous, but he was looking at himself as righteous compared to his brother who had left. And Joseph made the comment that that's, that's the mindset of a Pharisee. To, be, to compare yourself to your brother, to compare your righteousness to others, that the only one we should be comparing ourselves to is God because we should want to be more like him. And so it was just really this call to like make sure that you're right with God. Make sure that you are doing the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. And um, so that when God brings in these prodigals, we can be ready to celebrate. And something he said that, I just like, it brings tears to my eyes is that I don't want to miss the party, you know, because the father, when the son came in, the prodigal son, when he came home, the father told his servants, he said, go uh, kill the fatted calf, go get the robe, get the ring, bring it because my son, I thought he was dead, but now he lives, he's come back home. And so he throws this big old party for his son who's returned and the older brother was upset about it. And so by, um, denying fellowship with his brother by breaking fellowship with his younger brother, the prodigal. He also broke fellowship with the father. He didn't get to be in on the party because he was so angry and he was so jealous and he was so busy comparing his righteousness to his brothers. And, um, that was 
if talking about big takeaways, that was my big takeaway from the message is that I don't want to miss out on the party. I don't want to miss out on the party that God throws when the prodigals come home. It makes me think of the verse where he says that um, the angels in heaven, they rejoice over one sinner who's lost. Talking about like the sheep, you know, if a shepherd loses one sheep that he goes out and he looks for it and then they re- they rejoice when he brings it home and that the angels in heaven, they rejoice over one sinner who comes to God in repentance. And um, we were actually, two weeks ago, we were at the missionary conference in Nashville and the pastor there got a phone call that there was someone who had been watching online and had just been convicted and said, called to say they were on their way. They wanted to be baptized. And so we waited and there's hundreds of people here at this conference. And when she, the young lady, when she walked through the door, I tell you, people went nuts. They were just screaming and screaming. They were shouting and clapping their hands and jumping up and down. And they were so excited. And I looked at my sister who was sitting next to me and I, it gets me choked up now. I said, this is the exact same thing that's happening in heaven right now, because the Bible says that the angels rejoice. And so when we rejoice over one sinner who repents, when we rejoice over the prodigal son who comes home, we're participating in the party that heaven is throwing um, for that person. And so I don't want to miss the party when someone comes, comes to the Lord. And the way you lose your invitation to that party is by allowing anger and bitterness and unforgiveness to control your life. And so that's, that's the hard part of the message, right? Is that those are three of the hardest things to work through is our anger, our bitterness, and our unforgiveness. But God can help us with that. He absolutely can help us. And so I guess that's how I'm going to wrap this up. Oh, I do want to say one thing, but just to wrap up the message is that um, I think this was such a timely message for our church because We've been praying. We've been reading the word. We're in unity together on all of that. And that's how the Lord helps us to work through our anger, our bitterness, our unforgiveness is through prayer and through reading his word and through being accountable to one another. And so this is the other part that I wanted to say is that after the message, and this never happens at our church, but there were two men, one was my dad and then another gentleman in our church who said like that the message really inspired them that they wanted to share something. And my dad said that during the praise and worship set, he was actually thinking about, and he didn't know Joseph was going to preach this, but he was thinking about the story of the prodigal son. He said, the question came to me, which son was the favorite, the one who stayed at home or the prodigal who returned? He said, what the Lord was speaking to me is that he loved them both the same. The father loved them both the same. And my dad mentioned that he was, he said, you know, in my life, I've been both. I've been the older brother, but I've been the prodigal too. And so I think the best way to work through our anger and our bitterness, our unforgiveness towards people is to remember that we were in their same shoes at one point. Someone had to forgive us. There have been people that we've made them angry. There have been people who have probably harbored bitterness towards us because of our actions. And that's such a humbling thought. And when you can get there then it makes it much harder to feel those feelings towards someone else because you know that you've been in their shoes before. And then the other um, guy testified, and it was just it's just really cool how God works, that he had an experience this week where he 
had to forgive someone and he was having a really hard time with it. And he actually said, if Joseph preaches on this today, then I know what I have to do. And then Joseph did. So that was really cool. So that was it for our service. I hope that you guys had a great Sunday. Um, and I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for your churches. I want us all to see revival. Um, and that my big takeaway from, I know I said I had a big takeaway earlier. Oh, is that I don't, don't want to miss out on the party. And that means I've got to, I've got to start with me. I've got to work on myself first. So that's what I'm encouraging you to do today is, um, as we go into this week, just some self-examination. What is it in me that needs to be more like Jesus and just praying that he would help us, um, to do it so that we don't miss the party. Um, I love you guys. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to listen on Thursday. It's going to be a good one and I'll talk to you next time. Hey, it's me again. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Also, would you consider leaving a review or rating it? I would really appreciate it. It helps the podcast get into the hands, the ears of other people who need to hear about the Word of God. And if you've listened before, you know how I like to end every podcast. You are a Bible reader. You can understand the Word of God, and you will be changed by what you read. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.